always with us, and I hope you are too. And uh, he is certainly here, and uh, we listen in the still small voice to uh, hear him. This morning, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to ask a question this morning. Uh, Where are we going? It's always a good question. Uh, It's always good when you start on a trip uh, to know uh, where you're headed. Uh, Some of you have probably been on long trips. Leslie and I will make a long trek occasionally to South Dakota. Um, we pack a lot, pack four times as much when Leslie goes. You men know how that goes. Um, but that's exactly right. Never know what you're going to need. Uh, but whenever you set down a trip, don't you normally know where you're going? Don't you have, at least you may not have an itinerary. Hopefully, you know, some people like to, you know, plan things down to the very minute, what you're going to do every minute. Uh, and that's... Okay, but even if you don't do that, don't you generally have some idea of what you're going to do and where you're going to go? You don't just say, well, I think I'm going to get in the car today. I'm going to pack two outfits and just drive until I... Well, uh, that might be fun, but probably even if you say you're doing that, you have some idea of where you're going uh, to end up. Uh, but God sometimes asks us just simply to follow him. He doesn't tell us where we're going on the trip. And our response when God says, I want you to go, determines a lot about where our relationship with him is at. And God showed up and made that uh, declaration to Abraham, as we'll see today in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Again, reading with me in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country uh, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. And so they came to the land of Canaan. And Abram passed uh, through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree at Morah. And the Canaanites were then in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel and uh, pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still to the south. Interesting uh, passage of Scripture. And chapter 12 is a turn in the book of Genesis. Prior to this, uh, we see God dealing, we have stories of God dealing with mankind in general. And from chapter 12 on all the way to the end of chapter 50, 
the rest of the book of Genesis is all about Abraham and his family and their interactions uh, with others. So there's definitely a turn in chapter 12, but if you read the genealogies at the end of chapter 11, you find that Abram uh, you know, lived in the land of Ur. He was from a family, he was an older fellow, 75 years old, uh, when we find him in chapter 12. And the Lord simply, you know, by the time you're 75, you're planted. Uh, most of the time, by the time you reach that age, you're where you're going to be the rest of your life. Now, when you're young, young folks, we move around uh, a lot sometimes. Uh, but usually by the time you're 70, you, you're pretty steady. You've got some roots put down and, you know, you've got lots of friends. And certainly Abraham was familiar with uh, his community. He knew um, those around him, had lots of friends probably, uh, had a lot of connections. And the Lord appears to him. Simply says, Abraham, I want you to leave. I want you to take your family and go. But notice they didn't tell him where he was going. Didn't even say if he'd be back to his homeland or not. Just says, I want you to go. And I'll show you. And an amazing thing is that God chose Abraham who was a man just like you and I, had faults, had good things, good quality traits and bad quality traits. And yet God chose Abram because Abram was a man who had faith in God. And you can better believe that if you say you have faith in God, that'll be tested. You see, it's easy to say you have faith in something until it's tested. But we put our faith in all kinds of things every single day, don't we? Um, You put your faith in that we were having church this morning when you got up and got dressed and came to church. You had faith in that pew that it was going to hold you up. Probably none of you, you know, mashed on the pew. You didn't look underneath it and make sure it wasn't cracked. You just sat down. So we all put our faith in things all the time. So the question's not about if we are people of faith. We are faith. The thing is, what you put your faith in. And in these nine verses, we find some important things out about who God is and how he works. And so three things I want to talk to us about this morning. And the first is this, that God reveals his plans slowly. Probably most of us would, you know, like for God to show up and say, all right, this is what I've got for you to do. This is what I want you to do with your life. Uh, this is what, you know, I want you to do today. And, you know, he, we, we would like for it to be all mapped out. Uh, that way we could say, well, that way I'll know exactly what God wants me to do. And I can do exactly what he wants me to do. He does that sometimes. He do, did that with uh, Noah, didn't he? He said, Noah, I want you to build a boat. He gave him the dimensions, told him what kind of wood, told him, you know, to leave a door at the top of it, leave, and Noah did it. But here, God doesn't give quite that detail. He just says, I want you to go. And the important part of the story is verse 4. And Abraham departed. Uh, as the Lord had spoken to him. 
He didn't argue. He didn't say, well, Lord, I'll, I'll put it under advisement. Lord, I'll, I'll pray about it. Lord, I'll ask my, my wife and my, my family what they think about it. He, he didn't do any of that. As we look at Abraham over the next few weeks, we're going to find that he was a man that had some shortcomings. He was certainly a man that sinned. But he was a man that the Bible says had great faith. And the Bible says that it was that faith that made him righteous. He was certainly not righteous on his own, just like you and I are not righteous on our own. But because of his faith in God, because he believed God and did what God asked him to do, it was accounted to him for righteousness. God says, listen, I want you to leave. And then he makes promises to him. He said, listen, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to give you lots of uh, land. I'm going to give you lots of children, which was important because up to this point, the 75-year-old man and his nearly his old wife were childless. They didn't have children. Now, children and raising children is a difficult thing. If you're 18 or 19 or 30. But can I tell you, I can just imagine that raising children at 75. And by the way, he doesn't have the children right then. It's several years down the road before Sarah has a child. And we'll, that's a story for later on. But so God unfolds his plan He doesn't give us the full package, if you will. He doesn't just give, he gives us the pieces that we need right then. God has it worked out. It's like uh, when a nation goes to war, there are people in in the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. that that make war plans. And they've got all kinds of of plans and they've laid it out and how things are going to go. But they don't tell the soldiers that. They tell the soldiers, listen. This is where we're going to go. And once they get there, they say, this is what we're going to do. And they reveal the plan little by little, but the plan in its entirety has been made. Well, God knows his plan for us. He knows his plan for our lives, but he reveals it slowly. Sometimes I wonder if it's not because we wouldn't believe him if he told us all of it. Say, Lord, you're crazy. I can't do that. I'm not going to bother even trying. Because God does not see us as we are. He sees us as we can be in his power and strength. He sees what he can do through us. And just as we saw in Noah, just as we see in Abraham, God uses people who are broken and have challenges and have shortcomings to show just how great he is. Because God accomplishes some amazing things. So he says, I'll make you a a great nation. Uh, You'll have uh, lots of offspring. Your your family will be great. I'll curse those that curse you. I'll bless those that bless you. And with that information, Abram left. Max Anders, a a pastor and author, says this. He says, faith is believing God and acting accordingly. 
Let me say that faith is believing God and acting accordingly. See, there are a lot of people in this world that say they believe in God, that they have faith, but if you see the way they act, they certainly don't behave that way. Even sometimes Christians don't behave that way, do we? We say we believe God and and yet we worry. And we toil about things going on in our life and we wonder how things are going to work out. That really shows a lack of faith rather than the presence of it. And so when we have faith in God, we act according to the faith that we have. Faith that isn't acted upon is not faith at all. And so God reveals his plan slowly to us. He gives it to us one step at a time. But you know what we find is we take one step. God tells us, all right, you took this step. Now take this next step and this next step and this next step. And before long, we're on this wonderful journey with the Lord. We can look back and see what he's done in our life. Now, it's not a... Um, straight road, is it, walking with the Lord and doing his will for our life and finding his plans. And I dare say it's not even a walk up a mountain and a walk down in the valley. It's not a, a sometimes, a, but it's like a roller coaster. Because in our walk of faith, aren't there a lot of loopy loops and a lot of backwards walking? And times when we just stand still. And yet through all of that, God is faithful to be with us and say, I have a plan for you. And a wonderful thing to know that every person on planet Earth, no matter how rotten, no matter how sinful, no matter how much bad they've done in their life, God can use them, God can forgive them, and wants to have a relationship with them. That's remarkable news. That's the news of the gospel. And yet we find that news of the gospel even in the book of Genesis. And so God still today reveals his plan slowly. Abraham left. That showed his faith. But then as Abraham walked with God, he did the second thing. He found that God keeps his promises surely. You see, a lot of time was going to pass before some of the promises that God gave to Abraham were going to become fulfilled. He says, go. And so he went. He gathered up his wife and his nephew Lot. And the, the household servants that they had and the you know uh, camels and sheep and all those other things that they probably had. They You know, you accumulate a lot of stuff in 75 years of life. Uh, and so... They packed up and headed off. And they came to uh, Canaan. And he said, I'm going to give this land to your descendants. Hmm. Well, it was going to be a long, long time before that promise was going to be realized. And the truth of the matter is, it almost wasn't. Because of Israel's unfaithfulness. Because of their rebellion against God. And so, and yet when you read on in Genesis chapter 12, you find that as 
God gave that promise, Abraham continued to journey. And he ends up in Egypt and has a little mess up there. We'll talk about that next week. But as you go through and over and over and over again, God's promises are put to the test. Remember, he said, Abraham, I want you to go. And when you go, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless those that bless you, and I'm going to curse those that curse you. Well, God gives opportunity right away for those promises to be tested. Sometimes, though, it takes a long time. In fact, if you are familiar with the story of Abraham, you know that there are some times when Abraham and Sarah decide that they need to help God out uh, to realize the promises that, that God had made to them. And there is a certain element. God expects us not to sit on our laurels and just say, God, you do this. God's able to do it, but he expects our cooperation. And oftentimes he uses what we're able to do to at least begin the work that he wants to do. And so God keeps his over and over and over again. God showed Abraham and shows us God is faithful to his promises. But sometimes his promises, we may not even see the results of it. Sometimes that promise might you know, come long after we have forgotten it. You know, some of us can't even remember what we had for breakfast this morning, uh, much less what we did last week or what somebody said to us. But God remembers every promise that he makes, and he sees that it's fulfilled. He never makes a promise and then says, whoops, sorry, I can't do that. Something else came up. He keeps every single one. So when we find a promise in Scripture, we can take it to the bank, but understand Just like when you take a check to the bank, sometimes they put a little hold on it. It's not available right away. Um, You know, they might give you something, but they hold it back to make sure that the check clears the bank, especially if it's an out-of-state check or something like that. So the, the money's there, the bank, but you just don't have access to it just yet. Well, sometimes that's the way God's promises work. Sometimes it might be that it takes a while for us to realize God's promises. But just because they don't come on our time does not mean that God's been unfaithful or that God has failed to keep his promise. Because God does not work on our time. He works on his time. And he does not work in in our ways. He works in his ways. And his ways are perfect. And Abraham is going to find that out as he walks with the Lord and as he finds that the Lord is faithful. But then something else that we find in the story, and that's this, that God receives his praises simply. You see, we find two times in these first nine verses that we read, uh, the recording that Abraham built an altar. And called on the name of the Lord. What Abram did 
on both those is that he worshipped God. He gave his praises to God because God alone is worthy of our praises. The scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And sometimes we get this idea that in order to praise God, we've got to really, uh, you know, uh, spice it up. You know, we've got to put flowery things around it. And we've got to, uh, you know, just go all out. God wants fireworks and, you know, a big band and, you know. But God, oftentimes all he's looking for is our simple worship. To say, Lord, you alone are holy, you alone are worthy of my worship, and I give you my life. You are my God. And when we worship God simply with our actions, which we're to call on to God to worship him with our life, we ought to all have a lifestyle of worship. That we can worship the Lord and call on him even when we're at work. Even when we're watching a movie or playing sports or going hunting or whatever we might find to do. We ought to see it as an opportunity to worship God. To give Him praise because He alone's worthy of it. You're out in nature, you recognize the beauty of God's creation. You're... Watching a, a football game or playing football or baseball or whatever, you, you find that you know God blesses us with the ability to play and to to rest, and that's a wonderful thing. And we all need to have times of of rest. God sets that example for us, doesn't He? In the days of creation, the Bible says He created things on the six days, but on the seventh day He rested. Can I tell you, if God needed to rest? One day out of the week, you better believe all of us need to take that Sabbath day and rest. Because our bodies need that. Our bodies were not created to go, 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 go constantly. Our bodies were, you know, you you can stay up, you know, 24 hours. Probably all of us have done it for various reasons. But after, you know, you've gone... So you're not at your best, are you? And you, know, you get headaches and grouchy and just things aren't good. Why? Because your body's wore out. And you need to rest. Sometimes vacations are like, sometimes you get home from vacation and you need to have a vacation to recover from the vacation. Because you didn't rest while you were on vacation. You went and did the whole time you were gone. When really what we need is rest. And our bodies are programmed for rest. But our bodies are also programmed for worship. You see, we are, every one of us, even those that do not have a relationship with God, are programmed to know and to worship God. Preacher, how can you say that? Because God created knit together every single human being on planet Earth. And when he created every human being on planet Earth, he created this God-sized hole inside of every one of us. This longing, this thing inside of us that 
just knows that there's something more out there. We try to fill it with work and promotions and possessions and you know, people try to fill it with all kinds of different things, but there's only one thing that can fill that hole. And it's God Himself. But the thing is, as Abram found that despite all of our failings, God desires to spend time with us. He desires for us and He is glad to hear uh, us to praise Him. Does He need it? Is He an egomaniac that needs to have a pat on the back? No. But He loves to hear from, just like we have friends and family that we love to hear from. And we're glad, uh, you know, to have the company. God is glad to hear from his most prized and most favored creation. And that's mankind. And so, as God made these promises to Ab- Abram, believed God, and he acted on it. And then when he found God to be faithful, he praised him for it. Abram knew that he was not a superman that was worthy of God to pick him. But he knew that God had picked him and chosen him. And so he was thankful for that. So friend, as we begin to look at the story of Abram, Abraham was not a perfect man. But he was a man that believed God. How do you know he believed God? Because he lived it. He did what God told him to do. He didn't have to have a chart. He didn't have to have, you know, map quest directions to where they were going. He simply said, I want you to go, and I'll show you where you're going to go, where you're going to end up. And by the way, Egypt is not where Abram ended up. He took a journey there. But that's not where he ended up. But he listened to the Lord, and the Lord brought him through some places. Sometimes to teach him a lesson. Sometimes to show him how faithful he was. But we can be assured that just as Scripture says that God is faithful to never leave us. And never forsake us. He's right there with us. And if we really believe that, then we're called to act on it. It impacts every area of our life. And I wonder, when was the last time you worshipped the Lord? Was it last Sunday? Maybe six Sundays ago? Maybe 20 Sundays ago? Maybe 100 Sundays ago? God does not intend for you just to worship Him on Sunday. We can worship God every day. And sometimes when we come into the church, we're guilty of not worshiping. We come with bitterness or we come with grudges or we come with, you know, our own agendas. We're not worshiping God. We're not praising God. But we have a lot to praise Him for. And so we say, and the Lord loves to hear from us. 
what a great privilege that is. So God is faithful to us. We're called to be faithful to him. And I hope God will help us to do that. So let's pray together this morning. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that you are a faithful God that calls us to come and to follow you. And Lord, maybe there's one here today that has never put their faith and trust in you. Would you help them today to call out and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. But I also know that you've called me, that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sin. And I received that gift. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Lord, there's many of your children here today. Maybe you are calling them. Maybe you've asked them to do some difficult things. Maybe there's some here today that say, man, I'm just too old to do anything for the Lord. May Abraham and Sarah's story remind us we're never too old to serve you faithfully. We're never too old to obey your voice. God, remind us that when we wander away from you, that all we have to do is call out to you and you receive us back up. Lord, help us to be people of faith. That means we're people of action, but also that we're people of praise. Help us to praise you every day, Lord for who you are and for how you work in our life. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together this morning. Let's sing.